Welcome, everyone, to the third episode of the Art of Approach podcast. My name is Tim Bray. I'm a dating and approach coach. And with me today, I have my co-host, Will Mulvaney, who is a current student of mine, as well as he is also developing his skills to be a coach as well. Uh, these series of podcasts are actually an extension of our coaching program, which is called, you guessed it, The Art of Approach. You can find out more information about that and reach out to us about it at theartofapproach.com. So I want to let you in on how we structure these podcasts. We have a basic formula where every episode we pull three types of media that addresses particular dating and approach types of concerns and advice. And then we critique it to see if it's actually addressing the root of the problem. The first type of media that we're going to review is an Instagram reel. The second is going to be a question from, our, from the Reddit community, dating community. And then the third, we're going to actually reach into our own group of people and have them give us a question to, to, to answer um, on this podcast. And then from there, we're going to just follow up on each other's different dating struggles and also you know, maybe deep dive on some topics that are worth deep diving on. So, Will, would you do us the great pleasure of starting up that Instagram reel when you get a chance? All right. So this is a pretty popular dating coach. Um, and Elsa posts pretty frequently, so I try to keep up with um, what she's saying. And, yeah, let's just watch and see what happens. Know what your mating value score is. Let me put this very simply. If you're a seven on paper and you're going for tens, it's not going to happen. Until you know what your true mating value score is and you raise it accordingly or manage your expectations of what you're looking for, it's just not going to happen. Leave your house. If you work from home and only leave your house to go to the gym and at the gym you don't approach women, then how the hell do you expect to meet them? Listen, bud, the only person knocking on your doorstep is your Uber Eats driver show you how to get a girlfriend and okay so there's kind of two pieces here um and they're unrelated completely but um i just want to say the second one seems so obvious but um it's something a lot of guys don't really recognize like i've been at points in my life where i'm just like i'm not meeting women nothing's happening in my dating life and it comes down to like i'm not i'm not trying like i'm not going out to places where there are women where I can meet them. So it's like the first step is to just put yourself in situations where it's even possible, because if you don't do that, you could do everything else. You could take all the coaching and all the, you know, read all the books. But if you don't go somewhere where it's possible to actually try, nothing's going to happen. Um, but I'm curious, Tim, what your thoughts are on this first point about knowing your mating value score. Yeah, um, it's a little, it's a little vague, a little abstract. I, I, I think it might have something to do with her coaching program. Actually, now that I think about it, uh, it may be like kind of how she moves people up in the in the program by assessing where they're at. I maybe, but if she is referring to like scale of one to 10 on looks or other kinds of physical external types of indicators of value. Uh, it's a little disconcerting. I don't really like, I don't really like people being put in those, you know, grouped into the kind of categories like that. Cause I do believe as the coaching, as my coaching program, the art approach has as its main tenant is, uh, the, the most attractive version of you is the most authentic version. Um, 
so that meaning that anybody can can become um, a very attractive, a very the, the most attractive version that they that they are capable of being because it's all within us to be able to be that way. So um, yeah, I, and and you know also something that we talked about before when you start seeing yourself as a number and you start seeing other then you start seeing other people as a number too and that really limits what is possible so i don't like the concept even if that is some some kind of internal tool to her coaching program i just don't like the concept of putting people into groups boxes with numbers just seems sleazy yeah yeah it's interesting and it does sound like it might be part of a program and there's like a thing where like you can increase your score um and that's all great if you're doing like self-development type of stuff that's that's good but it like you're saying it is it's a strange way to kind of define your self-worth as like a number and that decides who you can date and who who's gonna be attracted back to you um, yeah. And I think it just cuts down options for guys. Um, if you see yourself as a certain number and you can only date other people of the same number, all of a sudden you lose out on, you know, people that might have been attracted to you. Um, and then, of course, there's the fact that, you know, my eight isn't your eight. That's not how things necessarily work. People see people differently and are attracted differently. Yeah. Um, so the number is hard. Mm hmm. I mean, there's going to be people that are higher value, higher quality, higher caliber. But yeah, I mean, the number I just don't think the numbers really help help with anything. I think if anything, they limit. Yeah. Also, just just be aware, guys, that if you're with your friends and you're calling women eights or nines or whatever, and you're starting to classify that stuff yourself, you're you're essentially going to be bringing that same type of energy to yourself, you're going to start seeing the world in terms of those numbers. And you're going to start, you know, limiting yourself the same way that you're eliminate you're limiting them. Because you don't know, you don't know what they're, you don't know how attractive they actually are. Maybe they, maybe they may not be physically attracted to you at the moment. But you have a conversation with them. And all of a sudden, you're in love. And what were you just, what were you thinking, man? So yeah, I don't think it's helpful. And the reverse is equally possible. You might find a woman, you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is my 10. And then you have a conversation and it's, and she isn't. Um, and, you know, you might delude yourself into like going into a relationship with someone like that when it. Yeah, it's amazing know, how quickly you can. Real. It's amazing how quickly you can like become unattracted to somebody who you at first thought saw visually was so attractive you thought was so attractive mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden something she says and you're just like okay well i'm not attractive anymore to that <laughs> it can happen yeah yeah definitely can okay um let's go over to reddit um so i was looking at the dating advice for men um, and this was actually really a really recent post someone is looking for advice um i'll just go ahead and read it okay so someone posting this um needs some advice she said i'm a great guy but said the feeling felt more as if we are friends and he goes on to say 
I went on three dates with a woman, and when I tried to set up a fourth date, she said she didn't see it going any further, and that I'm a great guy with a lot to offer someone. I thanked her for her honesty and asked for feedback, and she mentioned that we had good conversation and had things in common, but said the feeling in person trended towards more friends than romantic. I left the door open and told her if she's ever up for giving it another shot to reach out. And then he leaves it with, should I reach out to her in a few weeks to see how she's doing and if she'd want to meet up, even if it's just his friends? Okay, so for those who can't see the video, I'm giving it a big thumbs down on the idea of trying to reach out to her again to check in to see if her <laughs> feelings have changed because chances are they have not. Um, and again, we're going into the friend zone topic, which is always a great topic because these days I just see client after client getting stuck in the, in the friend zone. And Will, would you like to tell us a little bit about why you get stuck in the friend zone and how to get out of it? Cause I'd love to hear how you phrase that. Yeah. I think in terms of getting into the friend zone, it's going to happen if you're just not being authentic and not being like clear with what you're looking for. Cause I think if clear, if you go on clear, direct, someone, trans transparent, you want to be completely, completely obvious about your desires, right? Yes. A hundred percent. And then you leave no gray area. It's either she, she's into you or she's not, but it's not this weird thing where she's like, Oh, I like him, but it's a friendly thing. And then you don't get stuck there. And yeah, I, th I think that's probably the main thing that that led him to this. Um, the second thing is is where he he's asking for feedback. And what I think I think he's telling himself that he wants, you know, he wants feedback, he wants to learn for the future. But I think what he's really doing is he's trying to crack that door open, just, you know, have that slight opportunity that maybe she's going to change her mind. Um, when she like thinks about all the things he did and how it was. Um, and I say that from, from personal experience of like getting this kind of, you know, response where you're like, a girl is no longer interested in you that you thought was interested. And you're like, just saying some extra question just with the hope that she'll be like, Oh, I like, I completely changed my mind. Um, so I'm afraid he might be coming from it from that place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, one thing before we go any further, um, when you're touching the desk, I can hear it just so you know, Okay, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so yeah. And the other thing we were talking about on top of this is, um, what do you do if you get in the friend zone? Is there a way out? And I've heard, I've heard a lot of dating coaches talk about this. Um, but Will, I'm curious what you think are the things to do and then I'll add my commentary on after yours. Yeah, it's a tricky one. So you definitely have to have some clarity with yourself, um, which is, are you okay being friends with this person? And do you want it to go further than friends? Because if, if you just want to be friends and you, you seriously only want friends and you're not hoping for anything else, then that's fine. Then you're just friends with that person. The other boat is like you're friends with her, but you're kind of hoping something else happens. And I think in that situation, you just, you have to be completely direct. Like you have to be an open book with her. Like 
it's like okay i'm okay being friends with you but i have to be honest i'm i'm very attracted to you and i would like for more to happen but i'm also okay with being friends i think that's the only way you can really maneuver that situation yeah yeah and what i was what i was saying earlier is um that you know the the access to authenticity is by admitting your inauthenticity. So if you're find if you find yourself in the friend zone, meaning that you actually like the girl and you don't actually want to just be friends with her, then you're actually living in a state of inauthenticity. So in order to re recover that, if there is any going to be any recovery, it's by being authentic and saying, you know, before I was kind of playing this game, it's a little bit of a racket where I was, you know, pretending to be your friend. I was pretending I was not expressing my desires. I wasn't telling you what I actually wanted. And I just I'm, I'm just coming clean right now and just telling you that um, I actually have a huge crush on you and I would like to date you. Um, and I totally understand if, you know, if this is if this isn't going to work for you, because, you know, I just didn't I didn't start it off on a good on a good foot. So I mean, yeah. If you are, if you're willing to, I don't know, um, you know, be be uh, be transparent and uh, you know, face embarrassment maybe of uh, having to admit that you were kind of acting a little fake, um, mm -hmm. then you might have a shot. But again, what I've seen in relationships, or what I've seen in the dating the dating world and relationships is that. If you start something off on a bad foot, that shit ripples throughout the, uh, you know, the entirety of your relationship. Yeah. So there may be mistrust there that can't be recovered. Yes. And then just to add on to what I was saying, because I forgot one extra point. If he wants to see her just as friends, there can't be any, like, it can't be because he wants it to go further. If you, if, if he decides like, okay, I do want to be friends with her that has to be like the only purpose if there's any other purpose he has to just be clear with that and it sounds like she's not interested so then he should just leave it and you know let her be yeah yeah and you know i think that there will probably be a temptation for some guys to to convince themselves that they do want friendship because mm -hmm. if they are noticing a connection if it probably feels really good to have that connection but in those kind of situations where you know that your desires are way stronger and you know that you can't, you wouldn't be able to stand seeing here with another guy. Uh, if those are the cases, then you need to let that go. Cause it's just not, it's ultimately not going to serve you in the end. It's, it's, it's short term. It's not really going to um, pan out in most cases. Yeah. Well put. Okay. Let's talk about, we have a question from the community. Um, this is coming from Avi again. He uh, was kind enough to give us a question last week and then another one this week. Um, Thank you, Avi. And this one's pretty open-ended. Uh, the question is just, where do you meet people? Oh, okay. Yeah, I just had a, I just had a strategy call with a person from our community where that's pretty much all he wanted to know too. And... Uh, yeah, I remember when I was in a place of scarcity with dating, 
I remember I didn't have any clue where to go and meet people. And now when I go out, I look around and I'm just like, oh, God, there's gorgeous women everywhere. What was I talking about? Why was I convincing myself that there aren't? Because <laughs> they literally are everywhere. I mean, I was just I was just um, I was just at I was doing a little bit of uh, vintage shopping with with Delia and uh there was just tons of people out at these vintage at these vintage stores. I mean, you don't even have to be shopping for anything. You can just go around to these kind of stores and and you know say hi to say hi to people. Um, I would say, and you know, I we talked we got into this I think in episode two one or two, but I don't I don't uh, really recommend bars. Um, I think that there's already like a sort of precedent set there that drunk guys are up to no good. Um, I and and also I just I, I I feel like even though alcohol makes it seem like like you're more open and expressive, I I kind of think it does the opposite about our actual authenticity and and what we actually stand for um, because I I what I what I notice with alcohol is that. I, I want to connect, but I can't really fully connect. And I feel like most of the times with alcohol, everybody's just kind of talking over each other. So I just don't think it's actually as good of a tool. It does decrease the the uh, fear level for sure in some people. Actually, it doesn't really in me, to be truthful. Um, but I know that it does in a lot of people. Um, so for people that are um, being smart and not necessarily using the bars all the time, um, cause sometimes, sometimes they will work. Sometimes bars will work, especially if you go earlier in, in the, the day before pe people are, you know, sloshed that, that could actually be a good time to go. But if you're looking for places outside of the bars, um, something we talked about in a previous episode was doing coffee shop hopping. If you find a bunch of like coffee shops, if you're like, sit, let's say you like work at home and you don't really get out much, you know, consider making a couple days out of your week to go to coffee shops. And what you do is you just spend like an hour in each one. You sit down, get a drink, spend about an hour, and then, um, and then, yeah, just see if there's anybody around that's interesting to talk to. Um, so there's the coffee shops. Um, there are, you know, there's also, we talked about this as well, meetup, um, groups uh, with your interests, where where there's similar interests, are a great place to to meet women. Um, you have to go in there thinking that you know without any expectation of an outcome, of course. And that was something that I got stuck with. Uh, so I was avoiding going to meetup groups a lot because of that. <sighs> Another place. Let's see. We 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 often do our things at the park. Uh, we, we hold our meetup groups at the park and, um, the park is a great place because there's low, or there's a low task load in what they're doing there. It's mostly all leisure. It's one of the best, honestly, it's one of the best places to, to actually go and, and talk to, to women, in my opinion. Some more places that are, I would say for Avi, cause I know that he goes to a lot of these places, uh, that we just mentioned, but. I would consider I, for somebody like Avi, I would consider doing joining some dance classes. That's like a little secret mecca 
of possibility is at these dance classes. Um, if he, I, I mean, if he, if he has interest in that, that would be an incredible thing to do. Social sports clubs as well is something that I recommend to a lot of folks. If your, if your city has a social sports club, it's such a great, great way to meet a rolling cast of people. Of course, you want to just make sure that you're doing things that women are also doing too. Like I joined a social sports club for football and that was a, was a huge mistake for a number of reasons, but also there just weren't that many women at this particular um, club. Any other? Oh, uh, yeah. Also, I want to. I, I really want to point this one out because she kind of mentioned it in that video, the the Instagram reel that we just watched. But yeah, why not the gym, Will? Let's talk about the gym because this is something that comes up time and time again. From we hear it in all different kinds of arenas that meeting girls at the gym is a terrible idea. Don't do it. You're going to come off like a creep. Yet Will has been doing it. And he's been doing it in such a way that it's very, very, it's very authentic. It's very comfortable. It's very calm. Uh, I know that there has been, you know, some kind of moments where it's gotten a little frantic. But overall, I would love for you to tell our listeners what it's like hitting on girls at the gym. Yeah. So my answer to Avi's question, where do you meet people, is just like anywhere. That's the yeah. first part is there isn't really, I'm sure you could think of some exception, but there's not really anywhere you can't meet people. Like if you see someone at whatever, the grocery store, the gym, whatever it is, like we tell ourselves that it's not okay, but almost anywhere it's okay. You just have to like open your eyes to the possibilities, kind of like you were talking about where like sometimes you've been in the scarcity mindset and you're like, where are all the women? There's nobody. And then you switch it and you start looking for them. And then all of a sudden there they are. Yeah. Um, so yes. And, and, um, I will say though that the list that I gave earlier were just, they're just places where there's more, where there's less friction, I would say, but you are absolutely a hundred percent True. It's absolutely 100% true. And there's some kind of like psychological, I can't remember what the name of it is, some kind of like psychological thing about our brains where as soon as we start to notice something, we start to see it everywhere. And I think mm -hmm. that's what you're talking about. Because you're right, like, if we start to see scarcity, when we go out, and we don't actually open our eyes to women, then that's what we're going to be seeing. But you're, you're absolutely right. It just, you know, everywhere is is absolutely uh, in limits for what you can, what yeah. you can do. I love that you brought that up. Um, cause I was thinking of talking about this, so let's tie back to that later. Um, but for the gym first, I think the gym is a great place to meet people. Um, at least for me, it's, I like work out every day and it's like a big part of my life. So meeting people there makes sense. Cause I know we share some of the same values. Um, and yeah, so when I'm approaching at the gym, I, I like to be a little bit, um, a little bit more respectful, like a little more conscious of being respectful because people are there for a specific reason. Um, but just because they're there for one reason doesn't mean they might not be open to, you know, a conversation or 
um, exchanging contact information for another time. So I had one um, example uh, yesterday where I was at the gym and I was almost done. And then this girl came in and she kind of got weights from where I was and then went into a different room to go do her own thing. And I thought she was very attractive. And so I was like, okay, I'm almost done. Once I'm done, I will, I'll just go talk to her quick. And, um, I went, I was done. I went to go fill up my water bottle and I noticed she was off of her, she was on a break. Like she wasn't, she was just kind of sitting, standing around, not doing anything. So I'm like, that's perfect. Cause that's part of being respectful and like being a little extra respectful at the gym is like, don't interrupt them. Wait, yeah. like wait and work what they're doing. Um, and I just went up to her and I just said like, Hey, I, I'm about to leave, but I thought you were cute and just wanted to tell you that. Um, and then that was it. We talked a little bit and it was great. And then I took off. Um, and I think we put so much pressure on it and it seems like such a creepy thing to do, but there's nothing like once you have that intention of like, I'm just going to go talk to her quick. And that's kind of it. There's no, there's nothing else behind it. There's nothing bad. It's yeah, it's the same as anywhere else. Right. Um, yeah, the gym is the gym's a very high task oriented type of place. So being extra respectful and very, you know, concerned not to interrupt like a set or something of theirs. Um, you know, and they are, there's also kind of like, I guess you could also say maybe mindsets that people have to be in when they're pushing themselves to that kind of limit. And, you know, just really, really making sure that like what you described of finding that right moment to say something. Um, I think that that applies a lot to the gym. It's, it seems like to me, I've never done it. I've never hit on a girl at the gym before. Um, cause I, I work at a home but uh, I can imagine that you would want to be very strategic and when you say it so that you know you're not um, interrupting what they've come there to do. Yes. Right. But ultimately, you know, when we talk about this sort of idea of, of being being creepy or coming off like a creep or overstepping boundaries and things like that, it's very hard to do that when you follow the art of approach, which essentially starts at the compliment level. You, you give out a compliment. It's a very benevolent thing that you can do with your, with yourself. And you, you know, um, most of the times we'll get a smile on somebody's face. Sometimes people will, sometimes women are just going to be like, oh, okay, thanks. And really not be open to the compliment. And that's fine too. But, Ultimately, the compliment is kind of your invitation to offering an invitation to spend time. You know, if, if they don't take, if you, if you notice that they're not actually taking the compliment all that well, and um, then, you know, you won't, you'll, you'll just be on your way. So it really does save you from going too far, I would say. Yeah, it lets you express interest without any kind of like offensive, like no, like trying to take or there's no yep. risk either, really. Like there is a risk in that, like you might perceive that you're getting rejected, but in reality, you're just saying something you think, and it doesn't like what she, 
how she responds doesn't change the fact that you did think that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. She is in no way able to, you know, tell you, you, you don't believe what you just said. Exactly. Like what mm -hmm. you said. It's uh, <laughs> it, it, you can't technically be rejected from giving a compliment. No, you might, can't. like you said, you might make it out in your mind to be that way, but <laughs> yes. But if, as soon as you are able to own that, like the fact that you think someone is attractive, then they can't take it away. But as soon as you're kind of like putting it out there as like, a, am going to say this so that maybe you'll like me, like then all of a sudden you're, you don't own that thing anymore because you're putting it on them, like mm -hmm. waiting on how they respond to just determine, you know, your feelings and where you like see yourself in the world. So as soon as you yep. can have that sturdy, just like, I see the world this way. I'm just going to express that however I can, then you can't be rejected. There's no. Yeah. And what you're talking to sort of overall about how you can't get rejected from, from expressing your desires. Um, that all equates to one of my favorite quotes from that movie adaptation, which is you are who you love, not who loves you. Because if you can be who you love, you can embody that. If you can embody the, the, the love and all the things that come with love, um, then you are, you're going to, that, that is essentially who you are and therefore not dependent upon if somebody rejects you or not. Um, cause in the movie he was, Nick Cage's alter, alter personality was, they were talking about getting rejected and then his more positive minded side said, you are who you love, not who loves you. Because he said, I had a love for that woman. And as much as she rejected me, she couldn't take that love away. Think about the power of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. All right, so we got through our questions. Um, I have a, I told you I was going to relate it back. Um, my story is going to be about the lens of beauty, um, which is a, a core tenant of our program, the art of approach program. And I have been focusing on kind of tapping myself into that lens whenever I'm out. Um, and just in general, really, um, if I'm on a date, if I'm at the park, you know, walking my dog, I just try to always kind of have that way of looking at the world. And the lens of beauty is just, you're looking for beauty in the world. That's really what it is. You're kind of, that's, yeah, that's it. You're just looking for beauty. And what Tim was talking about is so important here, which is when you are looking for something, you are going to find more of it. It's like when you like get a new car and all of a sudden like you start seeing that same car everyone else has it um, when before you're like oh no one else has this car it's like a psychological thing you start to notice it more so as soon as you start looking for beauty you're going to find more of it um the other part of this lens of beauty is what it turns you into um, when you see the world through this lens you kind of everything else like kind of fades away in terms of like your, your own internal narratives, um, the things you tell yourself about what you can or can't do your thoughts about like how she's going to respond to me, all of that kind of self-consciousness 
that fades away as soon as you just look at the world through the lens of beauty. Um, so I was walking my dog on the path um, in here in Austin by Zilker Park. And there was a girl running who she ran by me. And then she and I was trying to kind of tap into this, as I said, um, just in general, like I'm there's like old ladies walking by and I'm like, wow, they're so beautiful. Um, you know, everybody. And so she just happens to stop to get water, like right as I'm getting up. So she was she's on a run and then she stops. And so this is one of those times where like it's almost like the gym because like she was doing her thing, but now she's on a quick break. And I hadn't talked to anyone this whole day. So there are some times where like I'm stuck in my head on the first one and I wouldn't do it. But I was so locked into this lens of beauty that I just I didn't even think about like, should I do it? Should I not? I just went and and I went and That's talked amazing. to her. That's amazing. That's incredible, yeah. by the way. <laughs> and so she's getting her water. She's like eating a cliff bar quick. And then we quick just I told her like, hey, I think you're so pretty and I just wanted to tell you that. Um, and then we get to talking about her run um, and have this great conversation. And then she keeps going. And yeah, it's tapping into that. And then the similarly with the gym approach I was talking about was the same thing where in moments where sometimes I would have hesitated, like I was going to get water. Like that was what my task was, go get water. And then I noticed out of the corner of my eye that she was on a break. And because I was in this kind of mode of the lens of beauty, like I wasn't, I was looking through the world in this way. I just immediately went to her. I didn't like, usually I would take that excuse of like, oh, but I was going to go get water. So that's what I'm going to go do. And then maybe I'll try after that. Um, so that's just my, yeah, that was my win of the week was, was really tapping into that and seeing the, the, um, the benefits on my side of, of not hesitating. Yeah. Um, great story and really phenomenal stuff that came out of that. It really just goes to show the power of this framework. And, um, this is the first time we've talked about the lens of beauty on the, on the podcast. Um, a lot of the inspiration for the lens of beauty actually comes from a other relationship coach called Zan Perion. Uh, I would highly recommend anyone who's listening to this podcast to read his book, The Alabaster Girl. It is a profound, profound book. And it's, you know, it's not even like a story. It's like, um, it's almost just sort of like a mindset book. Like it, he really puts you into the mindset of somebody of, of a, of a true seduction, you know, master essentially. And the way at the basis of his, um, at the basis of this particular framework is the idea that a man who loves all women will be loved by women. And the other idea that beauty needs a witness meaning that we won't have beauty in the world unless people are noticing the beauty. Um, so being a man who is a witness of beauty that sees beauty everywhere 
is essentially going to be somebody that's going to be attracting and drawing that because a man who loves all women will be loved by women. Now, when he says a man who loves all women will be loved by women, uh, that doesn't mean that you have to fall in love with, you know, toxic, toxic women or women that are nasty, you know, because they, they certainly exist out there too. Uh, but really what he's saying is what Will is talking about, where it's not about you being attracted to all women because you're not going to be attracted to all women, but you can find beauty in them. And the way you do that is you look for, you meditate and look for something that's beyond just them. I mean, so the way I do it is I, I really tap into, I go back in my childhood, I go back to the first loves of my life. I go back to the, the silly poems that I would read, write to them. I go back to that sort of lovesick, painful, adolescent love that I had where love was just this incredibly magnificent thing that I had like no access to, you know? And I really think about those moments where I was first let in access to love and how powerful that was. And, it, and, and just about how it was all basically all surrounding this, this feminine spirit. And it's the feminine spirit that I fell in love with a long time ago. And every woman possesses this feminine spirit. Um, some are not, some may not, not necessarily know how to channel it that well. Um, some may not appreciate it. Um, you know, there's all different kinds of people that are going to be, you know, having different expressions of this feminine spirit. Um, but you can still you can still look for it and most of the times you're gonna you're gonna find it in all women and i don't know about you will but when i have gotten into the lens of beauty in the past i not only see the outside transform but i also see myself transform too mm -hmm. and sometimes it kind of feels like i'm turning it like i feel like i'm zan sometimes like that's what it feels like like his same kind of energy the kind of energy that he puts off it's just this very warm, inviting energy, playful energy, and also just this kind of feeling that, and this is so strange to think about, but when you are in, a lens, in the lens of beauty and you see beautiful women walk by, you almost feel as if you possess that, their beauty. Like you feel like you've been accepted. And that's a strange thing that it does. And when, when guys are going out and practicing the lens of beauty, they're going to start to see their scarcity mindset start to, you know, start, basically start to shrink and turn abundant because they're going to start realizing that they can tap into that, that love with women that they are not even talking to with women that are just passing on the street. You can all of a yeah. sudden just start to feel this acceptance and it's really, it really warms your heart and it, it, it makes everything so much easier. Yeah. So yeah, very well put. That's, there's something like, there's the fear of talking to a beautiful woman that a lot of us guys have. Um, and once you look and you start to appreciate the beauty of them rather than the outcome that would happen, like it's all of a sudden, like you get to share this thing with her. That's like, I'm appreciating your beauty. And that's, it's like, a, it's an amazing thing. I don't know. I like, I like it's the way really hard. It. It's really hard to put into words exactly what it is, 
but it feels like it feels like it's connection. It feels like you're passing women on the street you never met, maybe never will meet, and yet you still feel connection to them is what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, very hard to put into words. But it's not hard to do. I mean, no. you really you really have to tap into your own story. You have to find the gratitude for women that you possess. And you need to find find that, look for that in, in other women as they're walking by. Just see if you can notice it. You know, you might step back thinking like, oh, I'm not that observant. I don't really think about uh, beauty. I'm not a big fan of arts, da, 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 whatever. But just try looking for it. Just try opening your eyes. And when you see like a little glimpse, um, it could it could be in like a really old old woman. You know, you can maybe just imagine what, what it would have I almost kind of imagine these sort of stories of me falling in love with everyone that I pass. Mm -hmm. Like, even if it's an older woman, I imagine myself like back in like the fifties or something like that with her and like, we're yeah. falling in love. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think that way sometimes too, when it's an older lady, just, yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Nice. Um, Anything else on, on the topic of the lens of beauty? Okay. One other thing I just want to say quick, we, I've had periods of my life where I'm, or periods of the last six months, let's say where I'm like consistently approaching, um, and then periods where I'm not, and I'm kind of in that period right now where, um, I haven't been approaching super consistently. But what I found is that the lens of beauty is still available. It's still just right there. Like it's a, it doesn't take um, as many repetitions to get back into it. It's something that, right. and I think guys in our program are going to start seeing that they can, you know, reap those benefits immediately. As soon as they can just put themselves there. It's yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I also have not, um, you know, due to, you know, needing to expand my business and also having some of those family issues. And I think I was telling you that I, when I was coming back from the airport from my hometown, I started practicing the lens of beauty at the airport. And I was just mm -hmm. like, yeah, let's just try it out, see what happens. And I was going through the airport and it's like everybody lit up everybody lit up that I was looking at. Yeah, it was it was so incredibly amazing how fast you can tap into that. Once you truly get it. And right. in our coaching program, we coach extensively on how to achieve that. And you know, for some people, it's easy for some people, it's not as easy, you know, so right. Yeah, some yeah. people have more blockers. You yeah. know that they're kind of hiding that deep desire to just appreciate beauty. But I think almost everybody has it somewhere inside them. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I have a story if, unless you have one, Will. No, go for it. Okay. So one of my new clients, um, he, he kinda, he kinda found himself in the friend zone. We were talking about that earlier today, the friend zone. Um, and it's interesting because I almost kind of feel like both he himself and she put put each other into the friend zone. And I think that both of them don't actually want to be in the friend zone together. I think they actually want to, I think they actually really are interested. 
Um, and there was something that the girl was doing that is something that we talked about in episode two, which is the concept of reservations. And I was re-listening to that episode, and I, I feel like we didn't really explain what reservations are. Um, so reservations are essentially, they come in when you realize that attraction is not a choice, that you don't actually choose who you're attracted to, and they don't choose who they're attracted to. They just are attracted. It's just a state of being. Now, reservations um, can reservations are essentially anything that could potentially block or um, cover up that attraction. Um, so we talked about yesterday pre-existing reservation. Those are things that are going on with 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 her, the the object of your desire. So they may, um, you know, they might be having a bad day. They might be in a rush. Um, those are kind of more exterior types of pre-existing reservations, more internal kind of pre-existing reservations are things like maybe they're like depressed or maybe they're um, maybe they also have had a past experience with somebody who looked almost exactly like you. And because of that bad experience, perhaps your the, the, the her attraction for you is blocked because of, of something that happened to her in the past. Um, and then there's the, 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 the other types of reservations are reservations about you. And these are things that you have going on with yourself where maybe you're not being, you know, honest, upfront, authentic. Maybe you're not stepping into it, expressing your desires fully. These are all things that we can do to actually, to actually make it the most um, effortless to actually have attraction um, come our way by working on ourselves so that those things don't get in the way. So what's interesting with my client is that the girl that he, of his desires, um, she admitted to him just recently after a couple of like sort of awkward uh, dates. Also, by the way, just to preface this, she said that when they first started getting together, she said that I'm not going to want to date you. Um, but he still went on dates with her because he likes her and he like felt a real connection and he actually enjoyed being around her, even though he kind of got the hint early on that she wasn't gonna be open to it. Um, but in a recent date, she said to him that a lot of her resistance to actually wanting to be completely open with him and potentially consider him for dating was that he reminded her of an ex-boyfriend or something like that. And, and she realized that, that she was making him out. She was painting him with the same brushes. She painted her ex-boyfriend. So they're like, so now my client is like, he's going to go for, he's going to go for the kiss the next time he sees her. Cause apparently she expressed to him then. And they, they actually had this, uh, very interesting, uh, farewell after she admitted that uh, he reminded her of her ex-boyfriend, just the a visual appearance-wise. Um, and that is that they were saying goodbye, and it was a very, like, long, drawn-out, um, but very high-tension high was is what the way he described it as they were leaving. So it's very clear to him that there's a good chance that she's going to be interested. So he's going to... Um, He's going to mention, and I, this is what this is what I kind of gave him as advice. He's going to mention in a playful, sort of jokey kind of way that the last time that they got together, 
uh, he really, really wanted to kiss her. Um, and he just, uh, he just, he just didn't know, just didn't know how to pull it off in that moment. And, and I told him about that. And then I realized after our call, I was like, oh, I have to let him know that he can be jokey about it. He can be playful about it, but he better fucking own the fact that mm -hmm. he has those, had those feelings. And he, he's got to, after he makes the joke, he's got to like look over at her and be like, yup, I said it. That's right. what I wanted. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's essentially that's essentially the story but there i mean there you get there you go again that's that that pre-existing reservation and you can just kind of see how that that kind of thing can play a part in all aspects of of dating and relationships they can they, those things can come up anytime and most of the time if you're in good shape with yourself if you're settled if you're anchored if you have your your shit together and you're in integrity with yourself then all those other things, those pre-existing reservations, you have no control over. No control over. Those are all about them. Those are their reservations. You have your ship, you know, latched down. I don't know what the word is for that, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it kind of frees you up a little bit. You can stop worrying about, like, yeah, if she's going to like you. Like, you can just be like, this is me. She's either going to like me or not. It's out of my control because I'm doing everything I can already. Um, yep. Yeah, it frees up a lot of mental space just by doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 it, it clears the field. I mean, one of the biggest things that the biggest fear at the base of approach and dating is rejection. And when you get to know that these pre-exist when you get to know that you've covered all of your reservations about you that you could possibly have that you could possibly give her once you've cleared all that out all that's left are the reservations she might have and therefore you cannot be see yourself in a place of rejection when you get to that point yeah yeah very true and so this date was um so they went on a few dates before yeah and then this next date he's thinking he's gonna kind of be a little more clear about what he's looking for and and go yeah, for that what i kiss. told him what i told him was it'd be great to kind of mention it ahead of time mention mm -hmm. that you know he noticed that there was a moment he didn't quite act but he was also just not really sure what it was all about or where it was coming from and uh and basically admit to her that, you know, I, I actually really wanted to kiss you in that moment. Like I was just, I was just dying, aching to do that. And then to, and then to own it. Um, and then, uh, I was saying, you know, lay that little hint, get her thinking. And then later they're going to the trail of lights. And, uh, I was, I was telling, he was asking me where should, where should he, where should he try to kiss her? And I said, so do it at the trail of lights okay just do it <laughs> come on man at that next moment yeah and you know the lady the, you know ladies oftentimes love to have those kind of environments set up where you know it's it is you know and it's also 
it's also a little more risky than doing it at home because there's gonna be people around and you know mm -hmm. you get to kind of have that public display of affection there's more courage involved so that's probably the reason why it makes sense to do it there but um but yeah so the idea is that he lays the hint earlier on and then at the at the trail of lights uh he ends up you know taking her aside saying hey uh I I actually really want to kiss you right now, or or um, I kind of want to make up for what I didn't do yesterday. Uh, would you Would you? And, he, and then he asked, you know, how can I ask for the kiss? And I was just like, well, to say, can I kiss you? Uh, I mean, that works too, you know. Um, and then the other thing we talked about yesterday about kind of just like the sort of incremental move-ins to to continually check to see if she um, is wanting to have is wanting to be invited to the kiss. Yeah. is another great way to first go for that kiss. But just straight up asking her, like, I really want to kiss you right now. What do you think of that? Um, is also a great way. Yeah, Nothing and wrong with that. I think even that. just saying that. I think just saying, I'm, like, I really want to kiss you right now. That's kind of going to... Yeah. You're going to get the response. Like, she's either going to be open to it or not, and you'll be able to tell. Right. And I think, I think women are getting more used to that. Um... You know, me being an older guy, I mean, we, we didn't used to ask for permission to kiss back in the day. And ugh, it feels so gross to think about it right now. But I think a lot of I think a lot of women are getting more comfortable with with hearing the word with hearing the, the permission asking at the beginning. And I think it's I think it's good practice in general. Yeah, that's a great uh a great story. And I'd like how you're talking about how he has, he has to own that because it's, yeah. and that was his inauthenticity was not doing it back when he, like when he really wanted to. And, mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how he gets back is he says, I did this thing. I was inauthentic. I know. And that's him being authentic and kind of making up for that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Any any other topic you want to discuss, Will? No, I just I really wanted to just go into that lens of beauty today. That was my big mm. one in like getting into approaches. Um, and I'm kind of like out of practice. You know, I'm not not doing it a ton, but using the tools that that are available through the program um, to kind of get right into it. Yeah, that's great. And also just to all you listeners out there, if you are out there trying to practice this stuff and you do give yourself a hiatus, um, it, it, it feels like it's going to be hard going back into it. But I think probably will, would you say after like the first two, maybe three, um, once you, once you get those down, you're kind of just like, okay, I'm back. Cause it's, you're just reacquainted with everything that you've for some reason, being in that sort of energy state where you have the flow going with the approaches, for some reason that doesn't feel like it is accessible. For some reason, I don't know why. Um, but when we're out of out of practice, we don't we feel very far away from that kind of flow. But really, all it takes is like two or three times, I'd say, maybe yeah. even one time. Sometimes even one time, if you can, yeah, if you can really get the mind right. Then, yeah. 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 Cool, man. Um, 
great podcast today. Um, thank you everyone for joining us. I, I certainly enjoyed this one and we're going to be doing this every week. Um, our coaching program is called the art of approach and you can find out more information about it on theartofapproach.com. And, uh, my name is Tim Bray and co-host Will Mulvaney, and we're looking forward to seeing you next week.